0: Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. I don't know how things are in your house at the moment, but in my house, I can tell you that we are up to the 764th screening of Frozen 2. And you know, like in the beginning... It really felt like it was a blessing to have Frozen 2 move to the small screen early. But it's kind of funny that what feels like a blessing can sometimes be a, a, a curse in the end. It kind of feels like that. And I've I got to be honest and tell you, and I'm just going to confess it right now. It's starting to affect me. Like it's, it's starting to affect my brain, like the way I think. Um... It's on a loop inside of my head. I'm just singing Frozen 2 songs all of the time. I want you to think about it like this. I'm in a Frozen 2 prison right now, and I just keep repeating the same songs. And in the beginning, it was just my problem. But the thing is, is that because it's in my mind, now I'm starting to sing. See, what started out as just my problem has now become everyone else's prison because they are literally trapped at home with me and I'm singing and they can't go anywhere. And I have a wife that is so, she's she's beautiful, Sarah, but she's so honest. And so she will just let me know if I am singing out of tune. So she kind of lets me know that often, but that's not even the worst part. See, in, in, in my house, when I sing, I don't sing the right words. In fact, this is not this is not like a, iso life experience i I have always done this i just make up my own words and i want to be honest and tell you this i think i can write better words than whoever writes the song they they just come out they just flow out i rewrite them in the moment and i don't often know that i am singing it wrong and and when i sing it wrong it's weird because my daughter eliana she's actually offended that i got it wrong like i like like somehow i've assaulted the characters that are in Frozen or Moana or some program that she is is watching. So she gets upset about it. Now, I'm not trying to uh, uh, insult her. It's just that whatever is going on in my mind, it's actually coming out of my mouth. And that's how that works. Uh, whatever begins in your mind, it eventually makes its way out. It'll always work its way out. And I don't know if you really, understand this, but before you do anything, before you act on anything, it's first a thought in your head somewhere. See, the thing that you really need to understand today is whatever rules your mind runs your life. Whatever rules your mind, it runs your life. I wonder what's playing in your head today. I think it's a very appropriate question for the season that we're in. I wonder what is repeat? What's playing over and over? Like what's the dominating thought? Like what are the things that are absorbing all of your mental energy and your focus? And before you even answer that question, I think that I could probably figure out what's going inside of your mind. What's happening inside of your mind is probably a result of what you're feeding it. See, if I want to know really what's going on inside of your world right now, all I got to do is check your feed. I just got to check your feed. And when you think about it, like we live in a content rich world. There is so much information that is constantly being streamed into your mind. You're just absorbing information all the time. There is more information in the world than you could possibly even absorb in your lifetime. It is an endless supply and stream that you constantly feed to yourself. You get it from somewhere. I mean, there are just so many options for you today. Like you could get onto Facebook and I don't know if you've done this, so maybe this is just like a time for self-confession, but if you ever got onto Facebook and you have been reading like a feed, And as you're looking at it, you're just reading like an article. And then that leads you to another article and you read. And before you know it, it's like 47 minutes later and you have more information, but you feel dumber for knowing it. It's like you you now know more than you did before, but you actually feel dumber because you've been filling your head with a bunch of stuff that's probably not worth knowing. And I tell you, this kind of life is so easy to live. It's real easy to live. I mean, you got supply coming from uh, Facebook. You got supply coming from Instagram. You've got information that's feeding through to you from I mean, if you go on the internet, you don't just have your option of news channels in Australia, you have your option of news channels around the world and you just constantly keep getting fed information and information. I mean, sometimes I feel like we live in a world where it's just information overload. And see, I think like the thing that everyone is looking at right now and what's really dominating the internet space right now is so obvious, just this coronavirus issue that's happening all around the world, pandemic. We absolutely understand it. And this is what I want to say. Like we got to find out information. You got to get information, right? Like you, you want to find out what you should do. You should wash your hands. You should use hand sanitizer. If you can even get your hands on that stuff, you should use hand sanitizer. Get, get the information. But I want to tell you that there is a difference between information and obsession. There's a big difference between information and obsession see when you become obsessed with a subject or obsessed with content you can just read more and more and more on the same thing just keep reading and just keep feeding yourself the same information but you, what you may not understand is it's gonna have an impact on your life Because the more information you feed yourself on the one topic that you obsess over, it's gonna begin to shift the thinking in your brain. You're gonna start to think about it all the time, maybe obsess over it all the time. And I, you know, honestly, like I I get concerned sometimes that this is maybe what people are doing at home at the moment when it comes to this coronavirus issue. I don't know if you're aware of this, but the word corona, it actually means crown. It means crown. And it was named Corona in 1968 when some scientists looked at the coronavirus under a microscope and they saw that it kind of had like a halo effect, almost like, a, like an eclipse from the sun. And they looked at it and they, they said, it looks like it's kind of got a crown. So they called it Corona, coronavirus. That got me thinking. Got me thinking about the crown. I was thinking... I know who wears crowns. Kings. Kings wear crowns. Queens wear crowns. That's who wears them. It got me thinking, you know? Like, Like, the word king, it actually means ruler. And kings have kingdoms. The word kingdom is made up of two words. First of all, king, and we understand that. That means ruler. And then, The second word really comes from the word domain or where we get the word dominion. And so this is the space where the king rules. This is the space where the king is in charge. The king has rule and authority over his and dominion over a space or a territory. Here's my question. Here's what I'm so concerned about. Man, what's, what's ruling your mind right now? What's, what's ruling your mind right now? Because whatever rules your mind will run your life. And if all you're thinking about is this one issue and it's ruling, you're crowning it king. I can't tell you how incredibly important it is to not do exactly that. Let me, let me maybe tell you what I mean. If you found a person that was constantly in a state of anxiety and fear and worry, that person is really ruled by that. They're ruled by that because that's all they can think about. They're only ever worried, they're only ever concerned, they're only ever anxious and it's ruling their mind. Well, I wanna tell you the Bible has a word for this. See, when you have a repeated pattern of thought that dominates your thinking and dominates your mind, the Bible has a word for that. And the word that we use is the word stronghold. That's what a stronghold is. It is a repeated pattern of thought in your mind. And you just constantly go over it and over it. And it's kind of like like how Frozen 2 was a prison for me because I was trapped in it because I couldn't stop singing it. Like, well, you know what? That, that's kind of funny, but, but for some people, their prison is one of fear. It's one of anxiety. It's the dominating thought that continues to reinforce its own existence because people just keep thinking about the same thing. And here's what it does. It rewires your brain. If you look up what commentators say about the word stronghold, this is how they describe it. This is the words they use. They say it is a mental structure. It's a mental structure inside your mind and it stays there as a permanent thing. You can't stop thinking about it. And this is incredibly important because whatever, whatever rules your mind, runs your life incredibly important. I want to read a scripture to you today that the apostle Paul wrote. And the the apostle Paul he wrote this it's actually just a letter written to the to the Corinthian church. And the reason that he's writing this letter is because there are people that have come into the church and they're teaching all of this false, what we, what we would call false doctrine. So it's not true, but they're teaching it anyway. And the problem is not just that they're teaching it because how many of you would understand that people are always going to have thoughts, perspectives, and opinions, but it matters when you listen. And so Paul writes this letter to them and he's trying to explain to them how important it is that what they say doesn't become truth and reality for them. So I want to read to you out of 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I'm going to begin in verse three. Paul says this, for though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. Now, when Paul says that, what he really is saying is, I know that we're flesh and blood. I know we're physical and real, but the war that we're fighting sometimes, it's not a war that we fight out here. It's not a war against physical things that are happening in this world. He says, no, no, no. There's another war that's going on. He says, we're not waging a war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. I think that's so important. We have divine power to destroy strongholds. Then he says in verse five, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion. I just love the word lofty, lofty opinion. I've, I've never used that in a sentence in my life. I don't know if I ever will. Um, he says, we destroy every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and get this, and take every thought captive to obey Christ. See, often the battle that people are fighting is the one that you can't see. And it's happening all the time. And it was happening well before coronavirus. And I feel like the current season that we're in is just intensifying the issue. See, you need to know that your biggest battle ahead may not be COVID-19. I mean, not everyone is gonna get this, but I really believe that so many more people are experiencing this issue of isolation. Your biggest battle ahead may not be COVID 19. It might just be the battle inside of your head. In other words, it's not out here somewhere. It's not physical. It's it's metaphysical. It's somewhere else. It's taking place in another space. And oftentimes that space is the space between your ears. It's your thoughts. It's how you're thinking. And and the truth is, <laughs> we we've just started this process. I mean, I don't know how long it's been now. You may have been isolated for like a um, a month now. We, We may have five more months of this. And it's so important that you handle this season well. And I'll tell you why. Because whatever rules your mind in this season can affect your life long after the coronavirus is gone. And I'll tell you why. Because in the season, it set up a pattern of thinking. It set up a stronghold in your mind. And that thing can live on well past the danger of the issue that we're currently facing. And if you don't get this thing right in the season that you're in, you're gonna struggle, maybe with losing your joy, maybe it's losing your peace, maybe you're just worried, maybe you constantly live in in a space of fear. And I gotta tell you, I don't think that's the way that God wants you to live. Now, even though I say all of that and it's true, I think we need to face some practical realities about the season that we're in. The truth is, and here's the reality people are anxious and people are worried. And people are concerned and I get it because there's the possibility that people might lose jobs. And maybe that's you today. That's the situation that you're in. You've lost your job. You don't know what to do. You don't know how you're going to make ends meet. I understand that. I mean, I'm, I'm there with you. I get it. People are worried about their health, obviously, People are worried about the relationships that they've got. Man, I hope you're stuck with some good people in your house. You know, like I love the people in my house, but not everyone gets that, and I get that too. We don't really know how long this is going to end. It could it could be a long time, you know. But but I get it. I understand. That's not the thing I'm really worried about. See, what I'm really worried about is this other reality that people are making very bad decisions in their lives in this season because they don't know how to handle it, and that's real. I've had stories come in about people that took very extreme decisions with their own lives because they didn't know how to handle the season they were in. See, that's, that's the thing that concerns me. It, it concerns me that there could be anyone that would be so worried about losing their job that they could make such a significant decision with their life. I, I don't know how you're feeling today. I don't know what's got your mind, what's dominating your thoughts. I don't know really what the key thing is that you're anxious about but I wanna tell you something that I think is incredibly important that you understand today, and especially throughout this season. You are not your job. You are not your job. If you lose your job, that's okay, but you're not your job. I mean, if you lose your job in this season, no one's saying that you're a bad employee. No one's saying that you weren't doing your job properly. You've got to understand, we're living in an extreme situation right now. You are not your job. You are not the sum of your successes. I mean, if you look at losing your job as a sign of failure, you have misread, grossly misread the season that we're in. It's extreme, it's outrageous, it's not normal. You are not the sum of your successes. And you are not the sum of your failures. And whatever happens in the season, you, you can't always put it down to just being your success or your failure. Things are happening that are outside of our control right now. And you are not the sum of those things. You've got to get this. And I really want you to, I want you to hear this. You are worth infinitely more than your job. You are worth infinitely more than what you do. Infinitely more. I used to have this friend of mine in primary school and he used to collect NBA cards. And he would bring out these NBA cards. This is the early nineties. And he would bring out this NBA card in a little plastic pocket. And he would say to me things like, see this card? I say, yeah. And he would say, this is like worth 600 bucks. And I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, this is worth 600 bucks. Now, at the time, I'm like 12 years old. But it kind of made sense to me that it's only worth 600 bucks if someone's actually willing to pay for it. I mean, if, you, if no one's willing to pay 600 bucks for it, you could say it's a million bucks. It doesn't matter. No one's willing to pay it. See, something's only worth what someone else is willing to pay for. And while you're trying to determine your value and what your life is worth, here's how you do it. You gotta understand the gospel. That's what it's all about. See, the truth is, is that God gave everything for you. You're trying to figure out how much you're worth. This is what it is. God loved you so much that He gave His only Son And if you believe in Him, that what He did on the cross, that it stands for you, then you'll never perish, but you have eternal life. See, you got to understand this. Maybe you're far from God today. Maybe you don't have a relationship with Him, but I want to make sure you get this point. You are worth so much to God. And it's not because you're amazing. And it's not because you're perfect. And it's not because of the sum of your successes. And it is not because of some of your failures. It's because that's the price He puts on your life simply because He loves you. And that's good news. That's the gospel. That's what it's all about. God loves you so much. If you're in trouble right now trying to assess your value or your worth, here's my encouragement to you. You gotta start to get around the right people. Because if you got the wrong people in your life, you're never gonna get any part of this. It's not that they're even necessarily the wrong people. They just might not understand this. Hey, if you are listening to these words today and you want to get around the right people, here's my encouragement to you. Join an online Bright Church small group and get some people in your life that will look after you and care about you and begin to speak words of truth into your life. you got to get this. you got to get this. You are not the sum of your failures. You are worth infinitely more. Man, if we're just focused on the negative parts of the reality that we're living in right now, I feel like we could miss so much. I feel like we could miss so much. Like, how about this? We we do life at a pace that is insanely fast. I mean, if you live in the Western world right now, you are probably doing life at a crazy speed, incredibly busy. I mean, most people are. And for the first time ever, And as far back as I can remember, everyone I know is just being forced to take a step back and relax and stop. Just let the pace slow down a little bit. It's like you're being forced to rest. I don't don't know about you, but that's not the worst thing I've ever heard. maybe, 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 maybe this forced period of rest could be the best season of your life. It would probably help you to know that Jesus intentionally, purposefully, and regularly did ISO life. He would go out and isolate himself on purpose so that everything around him would be quiet so that he could lean in and listen to the voice of God. What if the next six months were six months where you emerged on the other side of it having a relationship with the God that you didn't even know existed before this season began? What if in the next six months, you learn to listen to the voice of God in this season that guides you through all the rest of the seasons that you're gonna go through life? What if you grow closer? What if you find in this season that your joy is not dependent on your circumstances, but there is something, a joy that is out of this world. This could be the best season of your life if you see it the way that you could see it. There are so many more realities than just the negativity that's going on in the world. Don't let this season steal your peace or your joy or your future or for some. Don't let it steal your life. Take it back. That's that's my message. Come on, take it back you you got to start to take some things back right now you don't you don't have to lean into the lie so here's what you got to do you got to take back truth you got to hand over control that's that's it it sounds kind of simple but you got to take back truth you got to hand over control see if you if you do the opposite that's a recipe for anxiety. See, what, what if you tried this? What if you tried to, in this season, you try to take back control? <laughs> How are you going to do that? If you're trying to control every little thing that's going on around you, the practical reality is that you can't. And if you're trying to control everything that's happening in your world right now, you won't be able to. And the moment that that happens, you start to get anxious. What you've got to do in this season is you've got to take back truth. You've got to hand over control. You've got to start to hand some of these things that you can't control to God. Hand it to Him. He's God. He's King. He's Lord. He's sovereign. I I feel like, I feel like There has never been an easier time in your life to hand over truth than this moment right now. There's never been an easier moment to hand over truth. Literally, if I was to go and check my Facebook Messenger inbox right now, I have a string of messages and they are sent by people with the best hearts and the best intentions with their theories about how coronavirus started and who's really responsible and what the government's really gonna do in this and how it's gonna really affect the life and why different groups of people arranged it. I mean, there there are just so many. Can we say this? My gosh, I can't believe I'm gonna do it right now. There are so many lofty opinions out there right now, lofty opinions about where coronavirus started. You, you could easily because ex- it can't all be true, right? So, so in this season right now, there's never been an easier time than to hand over truth, but I'm absolutely convinced that it won't serve you well. It's not gonna help. In fact, I'm pretty sure that the more information you get, if you're constantly obsessing over the content, I'm pretty sure it's not gonna help you at all. See, here's the thing. You gotta walk the tension between being informed and obsessed, between being informed and obsessed. I need some information so I know what my next move is. I'm not gonna spend five hours on meter. I mean, honestly, what do you think's changed in the last 20 minutes? how is that going to help your life like how how many times could you go back to worldometer and see that be a benefit to you some of you didn't even know it was a thing worldometer all right look so in that case i'm contributing to the problem don't go there all right so don't do that because it might not help you all right but it's way that people are accumulating stats on coronavirus and all kinds of things around the world but but you can't keep going back to it and living through it see more information doesn't necessarily help you. T- to be honest, sometimes more information just leads you straight towards anxiety. Straight towards anxiety. I mean, you, get, you think about it like, you ever had like a, like a lump on your arm? It's just like a, maybe a mosquito bit you or something, but you feel a lump? Don't, don't Google that lump. You Google that lump and you're going to die. That, that's what you're thinking. That if you start to, I've got a lump. They're like, it's, you're absolutely going to die. It's going to happen. Uh, you have three months to live. Get your affairs in order. It's crazy, right? And, and you could obsess over, oh my gosh, what is it? See, the more information, if you become obsessed with it, it doesn't necessarily help you. It's not always going to do it. See, sometimes the battle that's really going on in your mind, honestly, is because some people have what we might call an overactive imagination. Do you know anybody with an overactive imagination? Where you just use all your creativity to come up with the worst possible scenario for your life? You you have just what's called an overactive imagination. Now, sometimes the battles that you have, they they happen because that's how you think. But there's a whole other side to what's going on here. This next part, this is really important. There is a spiritual thing that is happening in the middle of this season. So you, you have an enemy, the devil. He's not just some force of evil, he's real. He, he is one person in, in, the, in the fact that he is spirit, but he exists and he's real. And he just wants to destroy your life. And, and you, some of you are like, well, Why would he wanna destroy my life? I don't even believe in him. Listen, he just loves to destroy your life because you are made in the image of God and God loves you. And because God loves you, the devil will try to do as much things as he can to hurt you in a way to get back at God. I'm telling you right now, in this season, the enemy of your soul will do as much as he can to destroy your life. If you are feeling down, he doesn't give you a free pass. He makes it worse. In fact, this is what Jesus said. I think he said it best. Jesus said that the thief, that's the devil, that he only comes to steal, to kill and destroy it. But Jesus said, this is John 10, 10, he says, I have come that you can have life and have it abundantly. i look around in the season that we're in, and to be honest, I'm not sure if I see the abundance. I don't see it, but it's, sometimes it's the way you think about it. See, abundance for me doesn't mean that I'm rich. It doesn't mean that I'm wealthy. It means in the middle of my season, no matter what I'm facing, I can have peace. I can have joy. And those are the very things that the enemy would love to steal from your life. Let me, let, let me show you where this is real. There's a great story in the Bible about two people. Everyone the world over would know these two people. Even if you never have gone to church, you've heard of Adam and Eve. You, you know them. And if you know the story of Adam and Eve, God created these two people, first two people ever created, and He puts them in the garden. And he says to them, all right, you can eat the fruit from any tree in this garden, but you can't eat the fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil in the center of the garden, right? He says, you can't do that. Well, the devil comes to them and he says, hey, that's not, that's not actually true. That's not true. See, God knows that if you eat of that fruit, you'll become like him, right? What, what is he doing? He's, he's giving them more information. He, he's just joined their feed, hasn't he? and he's starting to give them more information. No, no, no. See, God knows that you'll become like Him, right? So what do they do in this moment? Let, let me show you what they do. They give over truth and they try to take back control. That's what they do. They they hand over truth and they take back control. They say, well, if that's true, well, we're gonna, let's take control of our lives. Come on, like, like we're gonna take control of our lives by becoming like God, and and we need more information. Give us knowledge, we we want this for ourselves. They take back control, they hand over truth in in that moment. And see the moment that they did it in the order that you're not supposed to do it, that's where everything went wrong. And they crossed a line that they could not come back from. Let me explain to you like this. In the garden, the moment that they did that, what did they do? They really handed over authority. That's what they did. They handed over authority. The dominating thought that was in their mind, we can become like God. We're gonna lean in and listen to what the devil said in that moment. They hand over truth and they try to take back control. They crossed the line. See, the moment they did that, they handed authority. They handed it over. Uh, let me explain it to you like this. The devil can't just walk into your life and take your mental health. He just feeds you enough information that you hand it over to Him. That's how that works. He can't just walk into your life and take your mental health. He doesn't have the authority to do that. So He just feeds you a constant stream of information until you get to the point that you just you just hand it over to Him. I can't tell you how much that is a bad idea. you got to you gotta watch your feed. I mean, if there was ever a channel to, to unsubscribe from, it would be his, it would be the devil's. Un- you need to unsubscribe, unfollow, just do it right now. Don't lean in, don't listen. It's, it, it will not go well for you. And here's the scary part of it all. Here's the scary thing. If the devil rules your mind, you're crowning him king because he's the one that rules that space. He's the one that feeds that information constantly into your head. It, here's my encouragement to you. Don't, don't hand it over. Don't lean into that. Don't hand it over. It's, it's amazing how quickly people can make those decisions where they just begin to hand it over. Like There's this is a great story in the Bible about a guy named Peter. Peter was one of Jesus' disciples. And so one day Jesus is walking with Peter and he says, Jesus says to Peter, hey, who do people say I am? And Peter says, hey, well, people are saying a lot of things, Jesus, saying a lot of things. Some say you're the prophet, you're, you're Elijah, like people are saying different things. And, and he says to him, well, who do you say I am? Peter says, I say you're the Messiah. I say you're the Christ. That's That's what I think. And the moment that he does Jesus says this thing to him. He said, Blessed are you, Simon, but Jonah, for flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Oh! Like, talk about touchdown moment. He's so excited about it. I'm sure he was. I mean, it's not in there, but I just imagined that he was. He's excited about it. I got something from God. I heard from God. I, he speaks to me and I listen. No one told me Jesus is the Messiah. I, I discovered that. I realised He's the Messiah. He did so well. And then you read about another two or three verses down there and it says that Jesus began to tell them immediately after that moment that He would suffer and that He would die and that He would be resurrected three days later, that He would rise again. Peter says to Him, oh no, 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 no. Far be it from You, Lord, this can't happen. And the moment that He does, and I don't know, I only Jesus could really get away with this. But Jesus looks at him and He says to His friend, can you imagine this? He says to Peter, His disciple, He says, get behind me, Satan. You imagine that? Have you ever said that to a friend? They're not your friend anymore, are they? You can't say that to people. Jesus did. Jesus discerned that what was happening is that the thing that Peter was saying, it didn't come from Peter and the thing that he was saying, it came from somewhere else. And it's amazing to me how one moment, Peter can be getting everything from God. And the very next moment, a thought comes into his head. A thought comes in that's not from God. That's, that's how close these things can be sometimes. And, and, and here's my point, your mind is an amazingly powerful tool that can run your life. The Apostle Paul said, we need divine power to destroy strongholds. Here's what you need to do. You need to choose the feed. Choose the feed. What are you going to listen to? What are you going to give yourself to? You got you to choose the source of information that's coming into your life. If if, if you want a good constant stream of things going into your life, this is what you got to do. You're going to wake up in the morning. You're going to do this. You're going to set your alarm today. You're going to wake up in the morning. You're going to read your Bible. you got options. You can roll out of bed. You can spend the first half an hour on Facebook because let's face it, you don't have anywhere to be anyway. So you've got time. What are you going to do with the time? Well, you get to choose that. But if you're smart, this is what you do. You wake up in the morning and you read your Bible and you read it because it's filled with truth and promises and things that you need for the season that you're in. Now, don't just read it, because when you read it, now you've got to start to declare it. So when you declare it, you read things in here and you understand things about God and you say, hey, this is truth for me. And you begin to pray and you declare, and you pray those things over your family and you begin to speak words of affirmation over your kids and you start to you just make this part of your routine it's not like you do it one time and and, and that's it come on you might have to compete with a lot of feeds that are coming in from the news from the internet from Facebook you gotta start to allow this thing this book to shape your life and then you're gonna do something that's so counterintuitive I hope that I hope someone's watching this right now that just feels incredibly low. Because I'm about to tell you something that I think is just going to shift your life completely. It's, it's the most counterintuitive thing that you could do. And here it is. You start to praise. You, you praise. Because when you praise God, it changes you. When you make a decision to praise God in the middle of the season that you're in, it begins to shift spiritual th- Things that have been happening around you and over your life. If you want to go to war, if you want to see the divine power of God begin to move in your life, I, I don't think that I found a better thing than just to praise, just lift up His name. Just begin to speak the name of Jesus over your life, over your season, over your circumstance. Get a good Spotify playlist, get something, download it to whatever you can. Start to listen to some music that begins to shift the way that you think. You know, the thing is, is that in this church, everyone that comes here would know this, that they don't really let me lead worship because I may not have the skills to do that, but I'll tell you something right now. I have led some of the best worship you'll never hear in your life. I've led it in my car in the morning when I wake up. I do it with earphones on so that my family don't have to listen to it. They. They they that what they can they can hear me whisper, sing through the door. They tell me to even stop that. These are the people I live with. But here's my point, right? You you gotta you gotta start to praise. You gotta start to lift up the word of God over your life. Just sing, just lead some worship yourself because the Bible says that you're transformed by the renewal of your mind. And I feel like in the season, too many people have been singing the wrong song. So here's what I believe God is saying. I I I believe that what God wants to do today is He wants to put a new song in your heart. Let this become your meditation. Let this become your focus. Here's what it is. Psalm 40 verse three says, a new song for a new day rises up in me every time I think about how He breaks through for me. Ecstatic praise pours out of my mouth until everyone hears how God has set me free and many, will see His miracles. They'll stand in awe of God and fall in love with Him. See, what rules your mind, it runs your life, but this can work for you. So here's what you gotta do, just crown Him king. Because if God is in charge of your life, if He rules your mind, then everything else begins to flow the peace that you need, the joy that you're searching for, it comes back and it's not circumstantial. You can be in the middle of circumstances that are far less than ideal. And even in the middle of that, you watch the shift and the change that happens in your heart. Here's what I want to do today. I want to pray for people that are listening to this. Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.